Well, good evening. I am so glad to see all of you here. I am so happy to have this opportunity. I thank the elders for that. And I thank God mainly because he gave me this opportunity. He gives me the choice and the, the chance to be able to speak his word. And although I'm, I, am, I am always nervous every time I come up here. And, and if you don't think so, just let me, let me get a heart monitor real quick and you'll see real quick. I get nervous, but this is exciting. I do understand and I acknowledge that I am the voice, but God is the speaker. We are speaking from his word. We're learning about him and what he wants for us. And as long as that's the case, everything and anything I say is a success. So let's let's talk about it. So tonight, my lesson is titled, uh, What's Wrong with Lukewarm? Is there an issue if we're lukewarm as a person? An employee, as a Christian, or collectively, lukewarm as a church. So, what's the definition of a lukewarm? To show little enthusiasm, be apathetic, or not be anything. I've heard it once that if you stand in the middle of the road, you can get hit by traffic going both ways. Make a decision. There's a Greek proverb that reads, Society grows great when old men plant trees in whose shade they will never sit. Well, I know everybody knows this famous poem. Bear with me while I read it to you. It's by Will Allen Drumgool. An old man going alone highway came at the evening cold and gray to a chasm vast and deep and wide through which was flowing a sullen tide. The old man crossed in the twilight dim. The sullen stream had no fear for him. But he turned when safe on the other side and built a bridge to span the tide. Old man, said a fellow pilgrim near, you are wasting your strength with building there. Your journey will end with the ending day. You never again will pass this way. You've crossed the chasm deep and wide. Why build this bridge at evening tide? Builder lifted his old gray head. Good friend in the path I have come, he said. There followed after me today a youth whose feet must pass this way. This chasm that has been as not to me To that fair-haired youth may a pitfall be. He too must cross in the twilight dim. Good friend, I am building this bridge for him. How lukewarm are both of those? Can you imagine either one of them being written lukewarm? Society grows great as long as those planting trees get to enjoy them a little bit before they die. That wouldn't really catch as well, would it? Or, I'm old and made it across this chasm somehow. I sure hope that kid I passed on the way here makes it across. It's going to be rough. Also see James 2, 15 through 16. That's the one that says where they said be warmed and fed and gave them nothing. That's lukewarm. So where do we hear about lukewarm in the Bible? Revelations. Chapter 3, verses 14 through 21, we read of the church in Laodicea. They were considered lukewarm. And that the church specifically understood why and what lukewarm was. 
The church at Laodicea, their water came from a spring six miles away. For those that don't know that one. It was carried by an aqueduct to the city. Aqueduct wasn't covered. It was cold coming out of the water. And in Greece, it's really cold all the time, right? Never warm. It's warm. Six miles away, lots of time for sunlight and air, and it's going to warm up. And when it gets to Laodicea, it's warm water. You ever been in the shower with warm water and started drinking it? Doesn't do so well with the tum-tum. It can make you sick. So when God says, I want to spit you out, that was actually a reference of, it makes me nauseous. You make me want to spit you out because it's upsetting me in my stomach. So how lukewarm was God towards man? He was so lukewarm that he decided and knew his only son was what was necessary to save us from destruction and offered his life as a sacrifice to avoid that destruction. That's, that's, that's pretty all in. Not very lukewarm. I tried to imagine how would God be lukewarm. I tried hard. I asked people all across the board for examples of how God would be lukewarm. And I cannot picture God lukewarm. In any instance in the Bible with God being lukewarm, the only one I was truly able to come up with, the concept that made perfect sense to me, had he been lukewarm, was the good shepherd. And now it's the lukewarm shepherd, where you're the sheep that got lost. 99 are put in the pen, and so the lukewarm shepherd, he is definitely going to go out and look for you. As long as it's not raining. Or as long as it's not after 8 p.m. My show's on. How are you feel as the lost shepherd? You're like, oh, I just fell into this hole. But I know the shepherd's going to come and get me. Oh, wait. 8.15. Nope. Lukewarm God. Would that be somebody that we would want to serve? If they're not devoted towards us, why would we be devoted toward them? Here's seven signs that I looked up that we may be lukewarm Christians. We're content without Jesus. We have no need to spend time with him in prayer, worship, in the Bible, or in service alongside him. We ignore teaching and conviction. We don't allow others. How narcissistic is this? We don't allow others, the Spirit, or the Bible to counsel us. We know plenty. We welcome and value the teaching of philosophers and thought leaders over the full counsel of God. What does God know that so-and-so doesn't? This one is a toughie because... How many of us would rather remain neutral than live set apart? Napoleon wrote one time, the world suffers a lot. Not because of the violence of bad people, but because of the silence of good ones. We use our voice to advocate for our preferences, even when those oppose God's moral standards. 
That's something we read about every single day. Finally, we expect God to conform to our possessions, our connections, and influence. And, sorry, our confidence lies in our possessions, connections, and influence instead of God. And finally, we expect him to conform to the will we have of the people, of ourselves, instead of encouraging people to conform to the will of God. I've seen this far too often, far too much. Posts in the news from other people that says Leo Tolstoy said, wrong does not cease to be wrong just because the majority share in it. So who do we know in the Bible that were lukewarm? Obviously the church in Laodicea. Bob mentioned it this, this morning, that was a nice correlation, the rich young ruler. He wasn't fully in, he wasn't, wasn't committed. He did most of and did a lot of, and what did God say? I want you to do most of what I command. Out of the, out of the Ten Commandments, I mean, if you get it 80, that's a passing grade. So we're good, right? Ananias and Sapphira. They were doing good. All the way up to the steps, laying it down, they were doing good. They were hot. Laid it down, and their heart went lukewarm. That one hurts me. They had everything to gain, nothing to lose. And they lost it because they were going for the gain. Theirs. They wanted to be like Joseph. Joseph laid it down and he gave us and he was happy that his funds could help those who needed it. And they're like, well, Joseph looked pretty good doing that, didn't he? Sure did. I went in on some of that action. Let's go sell that plot. We have that lot. Let's go do it. And they did. What they done wrong then? Their heart was wrong. Their actions were fine. She was called on it. Is this all the money? Was given a chance. Shouldn't shouldn't a spidey sense or a tingle have gone off? You sure this is all the money there? It's all the money. Why wouldn't it be? Okay, let's go with that. The Israelites were notoriously lukewarm. I mean... Complaint all the way. And God, God stayed hot for them, even when they were lukewarm. All the time. This one hurt me a little bit. Lot's wife. God said, follow my commands to the letter and you will be fine. Get out, don't look back. I would have looked back because I wanted to see the fireworks. That's just me. Let's be honest. This is Russ. Why did she look back? She looked back longingly. She was going to miss what was there. And God said, there's nothing for you there. You need to just turn and keep walking. Don't look back. Don't desire what was there. I got rid of it for a reason. Then King Saul. He knew better than God. I think this, this would probably be the better way to do things. Let's just go with that. So how does God view lukewarm Christians? Revelations 3, 14 through 16, we have the church in Laodicea. Matthew 7, 
16 through 17 says you can detect them by the way they act, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit. Lukewarm people aren't hard to detect. Matthew 23, 25 through 28. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. This is a great visual. You clean the outside of the cup or dish, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. It looks all pretty on the outside. Isaiah 29:13 These people come near me to come near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips but their hearts are far from me. Titus 1:16 They claim to know God but by their actions they deny him. Here's how God feels. They are detestable, disobedient and unfit for doing anything good. Mark 4, 15 through 19, we have the parable of the sower. We all know all about the lukewarm there. And sadly, his view towards the lukewarm Christian, Matthew 7, 20 through 25, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. That's how serious it is. The list goes on and on throughout the Bible. He doesn't mince words on who and what he expects and what what he wants from us. So I'm asking you, so what, Russ? I wrote this out because I need to make sure that I said it so you understood I get exactly who and where I am and if anyone's looking at me that way, I get it. So what? You can say, I'm here at church on a Sunday evening listening to this guy, Russ whose own resume of sin makes me look like an angel, most likely. I'm not sure who he's talking to. The lesson I'm telling you right now is coming out of my mouth, but I am hearing it myself. God may be using my voice, but he left my ears out of that. These are mine to hear his message. I was most assuredly a lukewarm. I don't even know if I was a lukewarm Christian. I was a nothing Christian. I was so cold. I, wouldn't, I, I was anything but a Christian. Anyone looked at me, they'd go, no. I, 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 I'm, I'm, I like to believe I'm, I'm a very hot Christian now. I love it. I got, a, I got a second chance at life, and I adore the life that I have. I can go lukewarm again. Any of us can. A hot Christian is hot by their choice. You can't be a hot Christian, put it in neutral and coast along the way, and expect your temperature just to be great and appealing to God. Because God goes, you're not putting any effort into staying warm. You're not trying to stay hot. You just let it go, well, I did a lot of good there, so let's, I'll just cash that in. Is that how it works? When you do that, that's the very definition of lukewarm. No conviction, enthusiasm, or desire to stay hot. Being a Christian takes work. Lots of work. Regular work. It's not a Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday evening. You have to work at you. 
And it's not easy. Work is work. My job that I go to every day is work. I have to work at it to be good at doing what I do. I can't go take a three-month vacation and come back and be as sharp as I ever was. We can't do that with being a Christian either. See, the devil is out there running around in our hot cups as Christians, but he's got dry eyes. He uses dry ice because he throws it in. It cools you down really fast, but it bubbles like it's boiling and has steam to make you think, oh, no, you're doing just great. Don't worry about it. And it's cooled down before you even know what happened. My hope for all of us, as well as myself, is to keep, our, keep a thermometer nearby. Check your temperature and everybody else... Check each other's. You got to call people out. Unfortunately, sometimes like, hey, uh, need a little more effort, a little more something. A little, is, is that the is that the best? Could you do more? I married well. My wife checks on me all the time. She's like, mm, no, let's, let's let's keep going. We got to do this. All right, <laughs> and vice versa. Marry well. And 80 to 90% of your problems will go away. We can always say, oh, I'm at church every single day. I go on mission trips. I I teach classes. I do all of this work. Okay, well, how many of us are going to get into heaven by our works? Not one. We know that's an absolute case. You don't get in by works. Well, that's fantastic. Where's your heart and where are your eyes? What are, they, what are they tracking? What's your desire? If your heart isn't in it and your eyes are not on God, then you teaching, you going on mission trips, and you doing anything else is a waste. Ananias and Sapphira are the example to that. They were doing such good stuff, but their hearts weren't there. Their eyes were on their own reflection, how they looked. They didn't care about what it would do for the church. They cared about what it would do for them. The church was just a secondary effect. We need to check our temperature. Check our hearts. What is it that we're looking for? God's admiration or our fellow man's? Do we give to God because we want to? Or have to. And when we do, which one is, are we telling our heart, is our heart saying to God? I'm doing this because I have to, not because I want to. Oh, great. Thank you. Please give me more of that. Is that what you want God to say to you? And this next picture. You can't read that writing that said, if our churches had members with this kind of faithfulness and passion, we would change this world in no time. Those are actual people at a Buffalo Bills game, and it is snowing. They're getting covered, and they are watching. They are staying. They are cheering, and they are there. That's devotion. That's determination. That's love. Oof. 
What if heaven was lukewarm? You've gone through 80 plus years dealing with everything that life brings at you, anything under the sun, good, the bad, the pluses, the minuses, everything along the way, and and you're in heaven, and there's a desk over there. Someone's looking down. Doing check, they're checking this. Bear it with you. Take, take a number. Have a seat. I said I'll be right with you. You're 23rd in line. Okay. Have a good day. What kind of reception is that? Everything we've hoped. Everything we wanted. When we finally have endured everything in this life, no more tears, no more darkness, no more sadness. And I get there, and I'm taking a number. That's a lukewarm heaven. Not really what I'm expecting or wanting. But what I am expecting is this. It's called first day in heaven. You get through the door. And you hear Jesus going, Yes! You got here! Judy! You're here! Russ! You, you scared me. You made it! You're here! Oh, man, am I excited you're here. This is awesome. I am so glad you are here. We get to hang out together. That's the reception I want. That's not lukewarm. What are we doing to get that reception? A lukewarm Christian doesn't come through that door and go, Where's, wh- you're welcome. You guys are like, for what? It's my hope and prayer. Everybody here has a heart for God. That we positively influence the world and his church through our actions with our hearts and desires because we love God and want him to see, hear, and feel our love for him. If you haven't been showing him the love you know you're capable of, being the Christian he wants you to be and your temperature is cooler than it should be, I am hoping you'll come forward. You'll allow us to pray for and with you to warm you back up. The one coal that sits off by itself just gets cooler and cooler, but when you put it around the others, it gets hot again. We want you to get the world off your shoulders so that no energy is wasted on things that don't matter. And put that energy towards God. And if you'd like to become a part of God's family and put your energy towards him, the water is always ready. Come now while we stand and sing. I am the way.